Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Now, I know and you know that when your phone rings, like someone has the audacity to actually call you rather than just send a text message, and it's a phone number that's saved in your phone, there are some phone calls that are an hour long that you take, that you reluctantly take, and there's some that as soon as you see their name, like you can't hit that accept button fast enough. And I know that women are much more likely to have those long phone calls than us men are, all right? I know that. But I also know that it's much more likely for a man to describe himself as not having a friend. And it's this paradox that especially men live in, not just men, but it seems to affect men more, that we say, We feel lonely or alone or that we don't have a close friend, but we also maintain behaviors that ensure that isolation continues on. And as we get into the passage today, I want to first just give you a concept. That friendship is one of the ways that love is expressed. When you think about what friendship is, of checking on someone, encouraging them, being there for them when they're hurting. When you think about all of the things that describe friendship, you can very easily see how that's just one of the ways that love is expressed. And so today we're going to look at the actions of a few friends in Scripture, but I want to make sure that you connect the important truth that what they're doing is an expression of love. That it's not just about being a good friend, but if Scripture tells us it's impossible to love God whom we have not seen if we don't love our brother whom we have seen. That if the command is for us to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, that if if our command is to love, friendship is one of the ways that love is expressed. And I get this because I, I don't lend myself towards long phone calls either. Like, I give me a simple text and I'm good to go. But even just this week, I had a phone call from a friend. And he's one of those friends that's like, you love having the friend, but at the same time, every time you talk to him, you're like, man, you got my share of intelligence and giftedness. And I think that God gave you as a friend just so some of that might wear back off on me. Like, they're just too smart. They're too good. And every time you talk with them, you're like, man, if I could just be like you. Like it's one of those people, and I love talking to him because he's so encouraging and he's so smart. But as we're talking, the time is just kind of going by and by and by and by. And we get to almost an hour on the phone. I'm like, man, I got stuff to do. Like I, I got to go, but I loved this time. And I wonder for you, when is the last time that you had a friendship or had communication with that friend who was like that for you? When is the last time that love was expressed through you or through someone else to you like that? where it's like an hour could just fly by and you could feel so encouraged and so prayed for. And, and I'm going to tell you, the conversation with him, it wasn't just light, fluffy stuff. He's like, how's your marriage? How's your soul doing, Paul? How's the church? What can I pray for you for? Like that kind of stuff where like he got into my details. And it's so hard to invite someone to do that. But once you have someone who does it, you're like, man, I need that on a regular basis. 
And I want to challenge you guys about how love is expressed through you and how you expect it to be expressed through other people to you. We're going to look at a passage in the Gospel of Mark chapter 2 today. And for, for you to have some context to what's happening, the Gospel of Mark opens up and Jesus is beginning some ministry. In fact, he, in chapter 1, he goes to Peter's mother-in-law's house and he heals her because she's laying in bed with a fever. And as that happens, people from the town start hearing about what Jesus did. And the enti- it says the entire town came and gathered around her house, bringing their sick. And Jesus was healing people people until he pulled away to an isolated place to be alone with his heavenly father. Then he went village to village, continuing to minister, proclaim the gospel and heal people. And then we get to the gospel, uh, gospel Mark chapter two, where he returns to what is likely Peter's mother-in-law's house. And as he gets back, the town hears about it and everybody is there. And as everyone's there, he's healing. The house is full. The courtyard is full. It's impossible to get anyone else into the house. And a couple of friends hear that Jesus is back and they have a friend who's paralyzed And they decide they want to do something. That's where we're picking up the passage. And we'll put this up on the screen, verses 1 through 13. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law were sitting there and thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your heart? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were amazed and praised God exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Praise to God for what he did in his word. Now, number one, as we get into this passage, the number one thing that we're gonna start with that you need to look at is you need friends who will carry you. You need friends who are willing to carry you. It says four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and it took four of them. And this is the interesting thing. Our culture, we lean so hard on what do we get from someone else? And it's so easy for people these days to say, you know, that friend was fun, but they're not fun anymore. And I'm trading them in for an upgraded version and I'm just gonna ghost them and I'm just done with them. And our friendship can often become, and you, you especially see this in high school, and unfortunately there's some adults who didn't mature much past high school, where they only look at other people as valuable as far as they do something for them. Now these friends, these four friends of the paralyzed man, he couldn't do anything for himself. And it's interesting because you look at the faith equation in this situation, as they brought him to Jesus, it wasn't the paralyzed man's faith that did anything. And in fact, We don't know what his demeanor was, if he could talk or if he was like, hey, put me down, I don't wanna go to church. Like he he couldn't run from them and so they were like, we're just gonna bring him to Jesus. Like he can't get away. In in other places in scripture, we see where people would bring cripples and they would set them before the gate so that they could beg for money. And and it was common that that there would be people or family members or friends who would move crippled people around so they could beg and and find a way to feed themselves. And they would just get moved from place to place. 
But they didn't just say, let's go bring him somewhere where he can get money. Let's go bring him somewhere that he can get well. And if you're at a low point right now in life, I would hope that you have a friend that would grab you by the arm and say, you need some Jesus time in your life. You need to hear from your heavenly father because though you're in the valley, he's not leaving you there. I hope you have a friend who is willing to come and say, hey, I know right now it's tough and you may not feel like having fun, but I'm gonna be here with you. I'm gonna be here praying with you. I hope that when you hit those difficult points that you already have those friends that will push you towards God because this is a truth that you maybe have experienced that by the time you need a good friend, you sure wish you already had one. That when you hit the low point and you've isolated yourself, it's at that point you begin to recognize how lonely you really are. And if you've put yourself in this prideful posture of, I don't need other people, oh man, there's gonna come a time where you recognize that you were not designed to live life in isolation, but you were designed to live in a body. And there are times where you are going to need other people to carry you. This is a reality of life that maybe your pride hasn't let you hear yet, but there's going to become a time where you need people in your life. And there are people who are willing to be that, but you've got to make some decisions to let them in. You need to recognize, you need friends who will help carry you when things are difficult. I have some good friends in my life, praise be to God. They have helped me through some difficult stuff. And as I've got one friend in particular that over the course of the last four years, he has been a great source of encouragement. I talked about Daniel first, but this is a different friend. And I mean, just on the daily, he texts me. Uh, on the daily, he'd check on me how, how things are going. He's a pastor as well. And so he'd, he'd send me wisdom and encouragement as I'm learning to lead. And, and he'd speak into my life. And then just recently, something terrible happened in his life. Wasn't his fault, wasn't his choice. But he, he hit just one of those, those things that you don't want to tell your grandkids about, but it's so significant you have to. One of those things that it's like, you don't wish it upon anyone else but you can't escape it and you have to go through it. One of those things that happens and it's like everybody knows what's happening, but nobody's talking about it on social media. Like one of those events where it's just things are rough. And I can't go into the room with him and just fix the situation, but I can just go into the room with him. Say, hey, let's pray. I know you don't feel like praying, but you need to pray. I, I, hey, I know you don't feel like praising, but, but here's a song. Listen to the song. Put it on, on repeat. Let it soak through your mind. And it's one of those things. He's like, man, I, I'm just so thankful for how you've been there for me. And I'm like, you've been doing this for me for years. It only makes sense that I get to do it for, for you for like a week. And there's times where people will carry us, but I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna teach you how to carry them. And this is the way that the love of God gets displayed through the church. When someone goes through a difficult time, is the inclination to say, hey, you, you obviously don't have the blessing of God on you right now, so I'm gonna space myself off from you. You, you made a mistake and you, 
and you upset some people and so I'm going to space myself off from you or you're making decisions that I don't like. You voted for the wrong person. You put a Biden sticker on your car. You put a whoever sticker on you. Like I'm going to space myself. Like the church seems to draw away from people when they get into difficult times with the obvious call that we are supposed to move towards broken people, that we're supposed to love people when they're in the midst of their tragedy. They were supposed to carry people when they, when they can't walk themselves. And, and the example that's set by these guys, I mean, it's an incredible faith thing because I want you to just think through the passage. First of all, it said four of them because they were probably four, carrying four different corners of it. But as they got to this house, just so you get the proper context, when they got to the house, the courtyard was so full, they couldn't get to the door. And even if they could get to the door, they couldn't get through the door. There was no windows they could go through. But their intention for their friend was that he needs to get in front of Jesus. Like he needs time before Jesus. And and once we get him near Jesus, Jesus will handle the rest. We just got to get him there. And they saw a crowd that was in their way. And when they saw the house, likely what they saw was a, you know, a not very tall house with, with kind of a thatched up roof. And it was common for there to be a ladder on the side of the house. And so they're carrying a man on the mat. And they're like, we are going to figure out how to get him up the ladder. Now, I don't know how good you are at physics, but when you start carrying a mat up the ladder for someone who can't walk or probably hold on very well, like this was iffy stuff. If it was like, we're just doing something easy for our friend, when they got there and the crowd was in the way, if it, was just, if it just needed to be an easy favor for a friend, they would have been done when they saw the ladder was the only option. All right? They figure out how to like get this dude up on here without it being a resurrection instead of a healing. And they get him up on the roof. And commonly there would be a small opening on the roof to allow some airflow. And they're like, we are just going to put him through that. He's a skinny little dude. Uh, The context of the passage, the way that it was used historically is that he probably had some form of palsy. And so his legs would have been shriveled. And even as they tried to put him in there, he he wouldn't fit through the hole. Maybe this isn't God's will for him. Maybe God just wants him to stay in this state. They weren't taking no for it. This is the type of friend that he had. And I'm going to tell you, this is even a small, small picture of the calling that I believe that God puts on his followers of how far we should go for someone else. They got on top of Peter's mother-in-law's roof. Want to make sure you see that connection. It's not, it's not the disciple's house. It's most likely his mother-in-law's house. They get on the roof. They got this dude they're trying to cram through a little hole and he won't fit. They lift him back up and they start karate chopping and kung fu kicking away pieces of the roof while there's a worship service going on below. Jesus himself is in the middle of delivering God's word. How rude can you be? How much can you mess up the order? I mean, the religious people are there. It says the religious teachers are there. The Pharisees are getting dirt and hay and mud in their eyes and in their pretty clothes. Religious people are getting upset. But you've got to just weigh the scales of what matters most. Like what matters most? Interrupting what's happening in the room or getting my friend to Jesus? People being upset that my friend comes in smelling like smoke, wearing a shirt that's inappropriate. Like you pick your thing. They come into church and, it, and people don't like it in the religious areas. But getting my friend in, in front of Jesus, it matters more. 
And they were not, I mean, like they literally were destroying private property. Because they just said, if we, if we just get him there, if we ju- just one touch from Jesus, just one time in his presence, it could change my friend forever. I've heard Jesus has done it for other people. Last time Jesus was here and people were in the room with him, there was something that happened. There was power that occurred. And if I can just get my friend in there, I don't care if I have to break their house down. Why has that mentality disappeared from the church? I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again until at least within the culture of our church, we will get some grasp on the the reality. I don't believe the American church believes in heaven or hell. I don't believe the American church believes that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Because if we really had strong convictions, we would be propelled to love and share the gospel with our neighbors and our coworkers and our family, we would feel a sense of urgency of getting the message out. We don't kick down walls or roofs. We don't carry people to church and we don't feel a strong responsibility for our neighbor. And that is a non-biblical worldview that we've accepted. And I want to challenge you to bring your mind and your heart in line with what scripture teaches. We have to be people who not just take the opportunity when it's convenient, but we got to be the people who say, I'm going to carry some weight for a friend and I'm going to help get them there. There's a reality that in your life, there are people who have prayed blessings into your life that you're not even aware of, that have carried weight, that would encourage you, that they weren't even part of, of what you recognized was happening in your life. And they have spiritually impacted you and you won't even know it this side of life. And it's time for the blessing that was bestowed into you to flow through you to other people. We need friends that, that are going to carry us. We, we need friends that would be willing to make a mess. I mean, as they started tearing up that roof, like it, I'm going to go back to the, the passage. Yeah, they, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I mean, they're, you know, they're, he's on the mat and they're like dangling him down. And, and the people who are getting dust and dirt on their head, there are some of them that, that must have said, well, I, you know, I guess we just got to grab the guy's feet and like help him down. And, and he finally gets him, hit him down there. And, and then they, they created a mess. They created a situation. But they got their friend where he needed to be. So you need friends who will, who will ask you those questions. These are the questions that I, I love to order uh, in, in those relationships where we've agreed, okay, we're going to get into each other's messes. And this is a great thing to write down and, and, and engage in your relationships with people. Say, hey, how, how is your integrity? You want to have a friend who will get into your mess? Give them permission to ask you, how's your integrity? Is there anything that you've done or said or looked at or been a part of that you know that you shouldn't have in this week that needs to be corrected? That question doesn't get asked much in our culture. I encourage you, give someone permission to ask you. Give them permission to ask you, how's your intimacy with God? Not just have you prayed, not just have you read your Bible this week, but have you got yourself into the presence of God? How is your intimacy with God this week? And how are you using your influence for the kingdom of God? How are you serving? How how are you praying for someone else? How, How are you seeking to make a difference? How are you using your influence? 
You give someone permission to ask you those three I statements. They're going to get into your mess. They're going to get into your life. They're going to help push you closer to Jesus. You know, the church people that they were in there, I'm sure that there was probably some of them that had like the dust and the dirt in their eye that was like, Jesus, you need to throw these people out of here. Like they are, they are messing up the vibe of the room. You were teaching. It was so good. Get rid of them. And, and Jesus is like, because of their faith, someone's going to walk again. But they disrupted the mood. No, the person. But the mood, the environment, no, the person, the experience and what I take from it, no, the other people. And sometimes within church cultures, it's like we're afraid of change because we love the experience that we've had. And Jesus would say, it's not about just the experience, it's about the people. So we've got to be willing to interrupt our normal, to make changes, to make adaptations, to do something different if it means making a difference to someone else. It might get messy at times as things grow and as things change, but we've got to have the heart that people matter more than that. And then we, we need friends who will bring us to Jesus. You know, the second half of that passage said, they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. You know, there, there, there's times where you'll serve someone and you're trying to get them there to Jesus. And it, maybe, maybe it won't be going the way you expected. Maybe there's unexpected obstacles and ladders and people that are in the way. I, I remember there, a couple years back, there was this family that was moving into our neighborhood and uh, we had gotten connected to them and they had daughter, three daughters and we have three daughters. And so that was just a connection point. And when they were moving in, uh, they didn't have many people to help them. And so I got kind of roped into helping unload their truck. Now, look, I have moved to 16 different houses in my lifetime. I've met my quota for unloading box trucks, all right? Uh, it's not something that I enjoy doing. But, you know, it's one of those things that I hear, you're a pastor, Paul. You have to be kind to people. You have to serve people. Go do this. And so I, I willed myself up and mustered enough to, to go and do this. And and they're moving in and I'm helping, helping get things unpacked and we're talking some and I share some about the church and we finish up and I'm tired and I go home and we pretty much never hang out again and they never come and visit my church. And I'm like, I want a refund on that time. Like, like come on, like there's gotta be some, like, like God, why would I need to pour my time into this if it's not gonna be fruitful at all? And I, and I have no clue, like why are we even connected to this family? And then unfortunately, not even a mile from here on Del Prado, a little over a year ago, the father of this family was driving and got in a very serious car accident. And he passed away at the roadside, leaving behind his wife, his high school daughter, his middle school daughter, and his kindergarten daughter. And I, I was not their pastor, but I was one of the four people that I believe that God put there to hold them up through that storm. I could not fix it, but I could continue to point them towards Jesus and continue to be there in any way that we could. I couldn't explain it, but I could say, if you continue to just go to Jesus in this, he's gonna see you through it. There are times in your life where God's going to call you to do something and you may not see the fruitful. You may not see, why did God, why did you even connect me to this person? They don't even listen to me. They don't even know me. Just trust God. When he shows you an opportunity to serve someone else, to grab a hold and just bring someone towards him, just, just do your work, carry your weight. 
Carry the weight that he's called you to carry. In fact, you know, we, we, we talk about the things that we need from friends. Like you need friends that will carry you. You need friends who will get into your mess. You have, need friends who will bring you to Jesus. But I, I wanna give you three things. Like, first of all, you need to carry some concern for other people. This is how it lands in your life. That as we look at this passage and we see these, these four guys that were like, if I just get them to Jesus, you personally, you need to carry some, some concern for your neighbors and for the people around you. As followers of Christ, we have to love those who have been put around us. Number two, you need to carry some weight. There needs to be an expectation that part of my life, part of my week, I need to spend in service to other people because God works through his people. Part of your week, you need to check on the people that God have given you. Check on your neighbors, check on your loved one, check on those friends that you know that it's good when you talk to them. Men especially, you have not been designed to live this life alone. You have not been designed to live this life just with your spouse. There are men who need your influence in their life and you need their influence in your life as well. You need to carry some concern for other people. You need to carry some weight and you need to carry the message. Now, I, I appreciate the sentiment of things like, you know, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Words are necessary. Your, your example matters too, but hear me. People need to hear the hope of Jesus proceed out of your mouth into their ears. People need to hear the way that he's answered prayers so that it builds up their faith so that they know they can trust their needs to him. People need to hear about your faith in your heart. And we have to carry the message to the people who, who are around us. Band, if you guys wanna come up, I'm gonna begin to wrap this up. In this passage, it's a great story of the faith of the four men, but I wanna make sure that you see where the passage ends at. It says in verse eight that as Jesus told him that the paralyzed man, that he was forgiven, the religious people in the room, they were like, only God can forgive sins. Like they were criticizing Jesus in their mind. And because he is not a mere man and he is not a mere teacher and he is not a mere prophet, he is the Alpha and Omega. He is Emmanuel, God in flesh. He heard their thoughts and he said, what's easier for me to say, your son, your sins are forgiven or for me to say to a paralyzed person, stand up and walk. He said, and to prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told that young man, he said, you stand up and walk and you take that mat and you go home. And strength came into his legs and the passage says he jumped up. And the passage is showing us a beautiful thing about how we can be an influence to other peoples and, and the, the tenacity that we should have, but it also lifts up the name of Jesus, that he is worthy of all praise, that he is God among us. And the supremacy of Christ is on display in this passage. And I believe that if the supremacy of God is on display in your life, it'll be on display in your friendships. It'll be on display in the way that you carry weight for other people. It'll be on display in the way that you're concerned for other people. And it's gonna drive you to do some things differently. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna ask something of you that, in, that you pray for us because we're, we're praying and we're saying, okay, God, what are the things that feel it's like it would be impossible for you to do this through the church, but we know that it's necessary. Like what are the impossible things that you can do in 2024, God? And we're gonna be having a meeting about that tomorrow with some of our leadership. And I'm gonna tell you some things that are already on the board. Because 
of what Christ has done in our heart, we, we know we need to have more influence in our city. We need to serve our city in more ways in 2024. You might even go with the rhyme, serve more in 2024. It has a nice little jingle to it. We're gonna have opportunities and we're gonna challenge you guys to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus in the city in greater ways than we have before. We're gonna begin to have international influence. We are setting up a partnership with a part of a city in Honduras and we're praying about it. And I believe that God is opening the door and we're gonna make a difference in the lives of people who have difficulty in accessing food and we're gonna strengthen the church and we're gonna send people there to serve and it's gonna be incredible. And I'm gonna tell you, this is gonna happen in 2024. And it's gonna require time and effort for us to go and serve and it's worth the cost. I wanna make it impossible for people to live in this area of our city without feeling invited to Gulfside Church. I've told you before and I'll tell you again, I want people to feel like they need to take a restraining order out on Gulfside Church because we won't stop. Because Christ is so lifted up in our hearts, it demands effort and energy. And so, I wanna ask you to just contemplate, what are the things that you need to ask God for in this next year? What are the things where you need to step forward in the way that you live out your faith? And maybe right now you're in a low spot and you need people to come around and carry you and you need friends like never before. We would love to pray for you as this service ends. If you're hurting and you need help and you need support, we would love to lift you up before God. If there's a sickness or a fear and anxiety in your life, we would love to pray with you. But what we don't want to do is put a mediocre, lukewarm effort forward in the way that we live our faith. Christ is worthy of so much more. And we've seen and we know that the closer we get to him, the more we get to see him do the impossible. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your incredible love that when we bring our pain before you, that you provide healing. We thank you that even when we do imperfect things and we do things that upset each other, you will look at the heart and you will just draw close those who, who need to be refreshed and rejuvenated and you will take our burdens upon yourself. And so Father, we bring you anything that's heavy on our heart and we trust it at your feet and we pray that you would show us the ways that we can serve our neighbor, serve our family and serve the city. And as you lead us, we will expect impossible things in this next year because we know your love is active and desires to do more than we could ever ask or imagine in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with us as we sing?